Yo, this is awesome. Y'all made me cue cards. <laughs> now, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, I feel like a commentator on CNN or, or, or Fox News or something. Oh, man. Got me written down and everything else. This is what I'm talking about. This, this is what I ask people. You know, work with me. All right. Okay. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> yeah, okay. Let me clear this out. Start from the beginning here. All right. Let me see. All right. <clears throat> G'day, mates. G- what the fuck? G'day, mates. It- Someone actually wrote this? What? You're trying to tell me this says good day? But it doesn't explain the mate part. You know what I sound like? I sound like a server from Outback Steakhouse. I mean, it's almost like, good day, mates. Welcome to Outback Steakhouse. May I take your drink order? What? I mean, who, who spelled this? This is ridiculous. You know, you know what? Forget it. You know what? Forget it. Let's, you know, let's just, let's just do this. Are you tired of the same long, drawn-out news and entertainment and politics and blah, blah, blah? Time to switch it up. A straight-to-the-point fun twist on your news, politics, entertainment, and everything in between. That's what you're looking for. You're in the right place. Welcome to Fire Black with your host, Tommy D. Yo, people, what's up? This is your boy, Tommy D, and you are listening to Fire Black Podcast. And I want to say thank you for all that listened to our first podcast. It was great. Love doing it. We're going to keep on doing this. But I need you to go on to fireblackpodcast.com. That's fireblackpodcast.com. You can get the latest new and improve issues, episodes of our podcast. Also, friend us, like us, follow us on Twitter at FireBlackPodcastCA1. That's FireBlackPodCA1. Excuse me, I said podcast. No, it is Twitter at FireBlackPa. I don't know what that means. So it's FireBlackPodCA1. Fireblack PODCA1. And you can also follow us and like us and all that fun stuff on Facebook and Instagram at Fireblack Podcast. That's Fireblack Podcast on both of those uh, social media accounts. So on Facebook and Instagram. So I'm going to start with a disclaimer. The disclaimer is we're going to be talking about sexual assault. Yes, folks, we're going to be talking about that fun thing. And I just want you to know that because I'm talking about it does not mean I'm for or against or anything. I'm a neutral observer. And I don't want hate mail, especially from any women groups, including Me Too movement. I am just observing when I watch news media, and other news outlets that they take a one-sided stance on the issue 
of, you know, for the Me Too movement, which is great. But, you know, just like everything, there's two sides to everything. So I want to be, I want to play, let's say that. I want to play devil's advocate for the other side. I want to be talking about this on a view of the people that are being uh, blamed or alleged to have done these sexual assaults. Um, Been reading a lot of things on social media about, you know, other point of view of this. And it's never covered, it's never talked about. And I feel if we, just like race, I feel if we don't talk about both sides, then we can never understand each other better. Um, The Me Too movement changed um, a lot of things of how we thought about sexual assault. You know, for instance, when we're dealing with sexual assault, we look at just a woman's uh, being uh, forcefully penetrated upon um, by a man or another person. In fact, you know, the FBI up till 2018 just changed how they thought about it. Before it was, they defined it as the carnal knowledge of a female forcefully and against her will was part of their quote. Basically saying a woman that is being forcefully um uh, raped uh, against her will and they usually define that as just vaginal penetration up until 2013 they changed it and it says penetration no matter how slight of the vaginal or anus with any part of or object any part of the body or object um, or oral penetration by a sex organ or another person without the consent of the victim that second part is very important for what we're going to be talking about because prior to this being changed in 2013, the person we're going to be talking about, this wouldn't have fell, this wouldn't even have been reported to the FBI as a rape, believe it or not, because the FBI just added a part about oral penetration. Um, so, you know, the one we're going to be talking about now um, wouldn't even encounter it towards it because of the time it happened this is prior to the FBI updating this um, so with that being said like I said um, I just want to play devil's advocate for a little bit if you allow me to do this um, first I'm going to start with a story because I want to tie this all in um, in May 31st 1921 in Tulsa there was a great massacre during this massacre 35 square blocks of homes and businesses were torched by mobs of angry whites he said what what, what happened some people might remember this as being called the Black Wall Street during that time Um, Blacks own property, businesses, uh, transportation, 35 blocks worth. This was all black. They lived here. They worked here. The money circulated through this town. And they were very well off. It was a model of what, you know, the black community could be. But that all ended 
because alleged sexual assault by a white elevator operator, 17-year-old girl named Sarah Page. She said that a black shoe shiner that was going up to use the elevator uh, to use the bathroom, 19-year-old um, Dick Rowland attacked her. And from that, it left hundreds of blacks dead and over 10,000 blacks homeless. You say, well, what does this have to do with sexual assault? Well, it has everything to do with sexual assault because that was the allegation, right? Um, it's my, I bring that up because what was left out of Dick Rowland's case due process. He didn't have a chance to defend himself, nor did those people in that town had a chance to defend themselves. There was never a chance to. He never had a chance to state his case. He never had a chance to um, fight the allegations. The allegation was made and it was acted upon. That brings us to our Fifth Amendment of the United States Constitution extends many due process protections to people involved with the U.S. legal system. Part of it said, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of the law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. So that brings us to today. Our Lieutenant Governor, Justin Fairfax from Virginia, he was elected into that office in 2017. Now, if you can recall, we had a um, governor there um, who uh, just came under fire because recently a yearbook came out with him uh, pictures on his page showing a person in blackface and someone dressed in KKK outfit. Um, he said it wasn't him. He said um, the reason it wasn't him is because he would remember because he's distinctly remembered doing blackface before. Yes, Virginia Northam. Yes, yes. Governor Northam said this in his news conference. He was about to bust out in some hee hee break dancing and moonwalking, but his wife pulled him in. So, of course, the Democrats were yelling. He had to go. He had to step down. This is ridiculous. He's a racist. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Um, so, what did they do? Um, nothing. He's still there. You say, well, why is he still there? Um, things got pretty quiet for him. Hell, he might even survive this. How? How might you say? Well, I'll tell you why. Because his lieutenant governor which was going to be the one that would move right up on the governor's spot, is uh, facing some problems of his own. Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax, like I said, was elected in 2017, um, was going to be the person that was going to replace this embattled governor. But a Dr. Vanessa Tyson kind of put bricks on that. She said in 2004, during the Democratic National Convention, um, 
Mr. Uh, Fairfax there. Um, they got into a room. They were kissing, consensually kissing. Um, and then Fairfax forced her to perform oral sex on her, on him. So, yeah, he somehow put it in her mouth against her will and performed oral sex. Now, here's my first tip to women. Women, I love you. I would never force anything in your mouth. But if a brother would, I got one tip to do. Women, bite. Bite that motherfucker. Bite it off. It's nuts to me. I, I, I still am trying to process the fact that, you know, how is a man able to force his penis and, and, and keep her mouth open and force him to do oral sex to the point where I guess he ejaculates in her, on her? It just is it's nuts to me that the women don't do one thing. Bite. He won't do that no more. You know, Bobbitt had that perfect. The 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 um, uh, Bobbitt's wife, where uh, she uh, kind of removed that problem for almost ever um, by removing it. But nevertheless, she did not bite. She apparently allowed him to forcefully. Uh, Put it in her mouth and perform oral sex. So you say, okay, this is one allegation, and and it's a serious allegation. Don't get me wrong, serious. Like I said, this happened in two thousand four. Remember what I said earlier? The FBI, you know, when you report those uh, crimes to their um, statistics and stuff, didn't even count this as being a rape until 2013. So even if this went to court and he went to jail, whatever else, this still would have never been reported as a rape. Um, Cause they didn't consider it. Don't know why. Um, but I think the new policy got it right now. But like I said, this was during 2004. So then it wouldn't have been considered that. Here's the other thing. You have to also consider what was the transition? What was going on during the time they was kissing? She apparently went to his room or her room. Um, I wasn't clear on that. Um, They started kissing. Um, You know, at that point, do you, you know, was there a clear stop? Was there a clear no more at what point did it not um for i guess fairfax no it was clear that she did not want to continue um i mean these are questions you have to ask like i i I wish you know i guess in this sense i hope that she will get the chance to talk to the police because i think it is important for us to know this data of knowing exactly 
when was this cut off? How was it done? Um, was you clear? Was you fearful when you didn't say nothing at all? Um, in that case, is it, you know, him being Fairfax, um, sexually assaulting her? If she was just scared and complying with his request and he, in, in his mind, he was like, oh, yeah, she's she's down with this. She's let me do this. You know, so these are things that, you know, you would never know, you know, you know, uh, according to him, this was, you know, all consensual, um, you know, but to her, no, it wasn't. So I'm also concerned about the timing. You say, well, what was the timing? You know, when did she come out? Like a few days after the debacle with the governor, you know, when the whispers started going around about Fairfax might be elevated to the governorship. Then this came out. So I'm always concerned about the timing. I look at the timing of some of these women that come out. It seems politically motivated because if you time it just at a point where it will be more of a political impact, what are you doing it for? Why didn't you do this? Because this happened in 2004 when he was running. This could have not been an issue today. You know why? Because I'm probably pretty sure being a Democrat, being an African-American male, if this came out, be it sure, he wouldn't have been stepping into that lieutenant governor's spot if this came out at the time. So timing is always a, a, a mystery to me of what gets in their mind to want to do it. It's just like Kavanaugh. You know, this, the timing, even in her case where she, I guess when he was first nominated, she wrote a letter. And I think that was the better way. I think she did it the right way. I think she wrote the letter to the Democratic leadership. But then their timing was seemed to be politically motivated. That they dropped it against her will, but at a politically expedient time to give Kavanaugh a hard way to go at his um, hearings. So... We have to also think about what is the motivation with the timing of some of these drops. So, moving on, they decided that um, it was still quiet. You know, they, he was still holding on. He was, you know, they was like, this is one allegation. You know, we, we're going to look into it. You know, I'm like, okay, that's what you're supposed to do. Due process. That's what she's supposed to do. Have an investigation. Look into this. Talk to people. Gather evidence. And then decide from there. That's what we should do. You know why? Because it is one. It is good for the person. That has been um, accused of these crimes. And it's also good for the woman. Because you don't want to appear like you're just out for revenge. You should be out for justice. And the only way to get justice is through the justice system. And, um, 
not to appear that you're all you want is either some people try to want to sue or some people just try to want to make money off of it, fame. We don't know the motivations, but when the motivation of when you come out plays a part in you know a political outcome and not an actual justice outcome, you start to question the the person coming out. So so far, he was weathering that storm of Dr. Vanessa Tyson's allegation. Then, bombshell! A Miss Meredith Watson came out. Second woman. Yes, they always come in pairs or, or quadruplets. They, they, you know, tag team come up. Oh, you didn't do the job? Okay, well we got another one waiting in the in the in the in the rafters, ready to come out. So of course, Meredith Watson. This lady says that she was raped in two thousand, the year two thousand, nineteen years ago by Fairfax when they both were attending in Duke University. Yeah, that, yeah, she said she was raped, not not, you know, anything like. You know, she was trying to get out of the bed. She was being pushed down. And he proceeded to rape her. Uh, yeah. That serious. Now, she's saying that she did talk to other people and all that stuff. Both of them do say that. Because remember, the, the, the media uh, says that um, these cases are credible. Now... You think about credible, you think about the legal aspects of credible evidence, um, maybe text messages, pictures, video, you know. No, we, we don't do that in the news media no more. No, credible is a new thing. Credible just means that you told somebody or you, you, you alleged that you said it to somebody and they said, yeah, she said it to somebody. And then that becomes credible. So just imagine you sat there and told, let's say, a sister, a mom. You know, most people will say, well, would your mom put you out there and say, no, she didn't say that to me? Would your mom or sister say no? Would your friends say that no? You know, because that to me is shaky at best as being called credible. I would say that, you know, you have witnesses, just like any court case, you might have witnesses and, and, you know, you have to, you know, depending on those witnesses, believe their story. A lot of times, you know, their story don't match up or the stories might be different. You know, we don't actually talk to them. We don't actually get details because we don't go to the police. These women come out to the media with lawyer in hand. So you have to wonder, is it for justice or revenge? Two different things. Due process. If these allegations are true, this man should be in jail. This man should face prosecution. 
The difference between Fairfax and even Bill Cosby. Listen, whatever you believe about Bill Cosby, you know, some parts of me saying was all these women sexually assaulted by him. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I, I just don't know. I mean, 50, 30, 40 years ago, who who knows? I mean, so long ago, how in the hell would you ever know that these women were sexually assaulted by Bill Cosby? It's just their word and the amount of them. And right now, that is all the proof you need to find somebody guilty of that. But the difference, Bill Cosby had due process. He went to trial. He had a chance to defend himself. He ultimately lost, but he had due process. Now, in the political arena, you don't get that. You know, um, there was a lady named Rosenfeld, a friend of Meredith Watson. She said this, and I quote, she's not doing this for any fame. She's not suing him for money. So disbelievers and doubters can't say, oh, she just wants money. She just wants, as she says, the Virginia voters to know who is who, who uh, Fairfax is. So she's saying that Meredith Watson only came out because she wants the voters to know who he is. Now, I, I don't know if Meredith Watson was out of this country, away for a couple of years. Um, but if she wanted the voters to know who he was, shouldn't she told the voters before 2017 when he was elected in the office? I mean, some people are right now regretting that they voted for this man. If they knew this, they would have voted differently. Possibly. So if you was concerned about the voters and wanting the voters to know who, quote unquote, the real Fairfax is, you should have said that in 2017. Because right now, he's the lieutenant governor. So the hell with letting the voters know now. It's worthless. Now it's going to be a whole parade of how to get this guy off the office. Um, should he step down? It is 10 times more complicated now that he's in office. We need due process. Now, Dr. Vanessa Tyson, like I said, she said that he forced oral sex on him. Let me, let me, let me ask. Listen, ladies. I'm a guy, so I'm going to tell you straight up. There is a, 
a 100% fix on how to stop a guy from forcing oral sex on you. Bite. Bite that motherfucker. Bite it. Scar him up. Guess what? You have the ultimate proof that this man done something to you because he can't escape that scar no more. Either scar him if you don't want to bite. And I can understand, you know, it's a human organ in you. You don't want to bite it. Well, you're right down there with two buddies. Nutsack. Punch those motherfuckers. Punch them. You know, I mean, my goodness. Don't let somebody put something in your mouth. And you have those tools available to stop this man. Now, I can understand. You could be shocked. You could you, you could be uh, scared. You know, you're in a room with him and everything else. But he'll be incapacitated for a little bit. But here's the importance. Are we doing enough when it comes to the Me Too movement? Is it enough to just come out randomly and ruin careers? Should these people face like any other sexual offender face the courts hell yeah absolutely how can we get this done we need women to do more step up more yes it is a terrible thing to be assaulted and because you know how terrible it is it is imperative for you the woman to be able to have the strength to come out much sooner to avoid this person from getting another victim. If we overlook this, we're not doing what we need to allow for due process. Do you feel okay with you ousting this person in public opinion out in the open just to say to them, that hey yes he done this to me and he just leaves his position in disgrace but yet he probably will never see inside of a jail or inside of a court to face a judge and a jury for his crimes how is that enough it's not enough we're having women taking settlements and then buttoning their lips about a person that commits sexual assault or sexual harassment women you have to decide what's more important you can prevent a person from continuing doing these crimes it's almost like the catholic church you know how in the world for years and years these people are sexually abusing nuns altar boys because no one says nothing because when they do find out they bounce them around button their lips and be quiet so this one priest that you could have stopped from from victim one has dozens of victims under his belt i mean i get it i i get it that a lot of the women are tied up in their lives and and they're worried about coming out they know that you know how we sometimes treat women that have allegations like this Yes, America needs to do better. But it starts with you, women. The ball is in your court. You can stop these men from day one by coming out. Yeah, a lot of times going through the courts, it might not end the way that you want. 
But this person's on put on notice. People know he's out. This is how he runs. And the next victim will maybe be the one successful because of his prior acts were already on record. Because it's crazy to me to hear when Bill Cosby's situation came out, right? This brother had over 50 victims, according to these women. Could you imagine if the first or second woman said something? 40-something women would have never experienced sexual assault. So the Me Too movement is important, like I said before. But the Me Too movement needs to do better. Needs to start having ways of training women. Ways of empowering women to come out when these acts happen. Because this is not fair. Wait till a man gets in office. It's not fair to you. It wasn't fair to that doctor that came out against Kavanaugh. For her life to be turned upside down. Yes, we was dealing with different times. Oh, yes, we were. They looked at rape like, what did the woman do? I get that. But we're not in those times no more. And I have a real issue when a woman says that she's been raped or sexually assaulted. And the first people that hear it is the news media. Remember, Dr. Vanessa Tyson went to the Washington Post first. And because Washington Post couldn't corroborate her, her story... They passed. Now, post Me Too movement, the only corroboration they need now is that she said something to somebody before. They said uh, 2017, 2018, someone mentioned it. I think Meredith Watson has a little bit more talking about she emailed someone concerning the rape. So, I mean, there's a digital record of she said something earlier. Because you remember Kavanaugh... Um, the young lady that uh, came out against him, she talked to her therapist, right? The therapist wrote notes about the sexual assault, but didn't put a name to it. So all these cases are the same. It's usually the only two people in the room, the victim and the alleged assaulter. Only those two know. And despite them mentioning it to someone or another person, it's not evidence. Is not corroboration. I fear what's going to happen with the Me Too movement is this. We're going to have a woman come out. Okay, someone that's high ranking. Someone that's in office. Someone that's a powerful person. And say a lot of allegations. And people are going to jump on the bandwagon. And want that person to step down from where their position is. Resign from whatever job they have. And then guess what? It's going to be found that this person made up the whole thing. Maybe try to shake the person for money. Maybe try to extort them for something else. But something is going to come out. Maybe an email. Maybe some other thing. A person say, hey, this person on the phone told me it was all lies. It's going to come out. And it's going to irreparably hurt the Me Too movement. So I hope the Me Too movement will somehow begin to encourage women in whatever walk of life to first... Go to the police, go to their employers, go to, if it's a person in power, go to their bosses or whoever to start the process. Allow due process to play out. We do not 
want to get to the point where sexual assault becomes like a political weapon to be used at will on a person when it seems politically expedient. You don't want that appearance. And it's starting to become that appearance when strategically these allegations come out. When someone's running for office, it is quiet. When someone gets into office or gets into a position, then all of a sudden allegations are dropped. Just like the Lieutenant Governor Fairfax, these allegations were sitting there and probably would have never came out if it wasn't for his governor that was going through his turmoil. And they were looking at Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax to possibly replace the governor. Then these allegations came out. We don't want it to look like it is a political game, a political nuclear bomb that drops. If it was important in 2000 or in 2004, then it's important now. But timing is everything. You don't want it to look like it's was a sneaky game, like it was planned, like it was um, somehow uh, politically motivated. Because it smells of it. I'm not saying it is, but it is awfully strange when someone comes out with allegations, when someone's about to move up. When these allegations are 15 years And 19 years old. And Meredith Watson's friend says. She just wanted the voters to know. Well the voters already voted. It was too late for that. Why not do it in 2017? Two years wouldn't have made a difference. The only difference it would have made. Is possibly. Lieutenant Governor wouldn't have been a Lieutenant Governor. So I implore. The Me Too movement. And the people that support it. To. Encourage women to be brave and strong enough because of all the support that the Me Too movement has made now to come out when these incidents happen. Don't wait. One, I'm sure there's a lot of people in Virginia now that are regretting the vote that they made for Justin Fairfax. If they knew this, they knew they wouldn't have voted for him. So it is important if you have some information like that. Women, please bring it out. It's important. And also, timing is everything. When we're starting to insert these allegations, just around times that seem like it was motivated by politics, it takes away from the seriousness of your allegation. Because some of them are very serious. And it should be taken seriously. But at the same time, we want to make sure that due process is intact so that that person had every right as an American citizen to defend themselves, to be able to um, look at these allegations, be involved in an investigation and have a determinative outcome either for or against them, just like Bill Cosby. He had a chance to defend himself. She had a chance to look at him in court 
and talk about her allegations. And the courts decided that Bill Cosby was guilty. And in those cases, in all these cases from the Me Too movement, each and every one of these persons have that same right. But women, it starts with you. I know these are tough, tough things to come out with. But when it comes to maybe a person that runs a large corporation with a lot of employees, when it comes to um, an elected official, your information will affect a lot of lives. Not just yours. So you have to think about all those people that you could affect. Think about how does that first person that was assaulted by Bill Cosby, second person, fourth person, fifth person, feel that, wow, if I said something, if I just went to the police then, I could have avoided or stopped Bill Cosby from possibly assaulting 40-something more people. Me, personally, I guess I, I would feel bad. I, I, I would feel awful that I just didn't have the courage enough to do that. I no, it's tough. It's scary. But we want to make sure these allegations are taken seriously. So the only way that can be done is that it's done in the sense that it is not looking like it's some type of inside motivation to it other than getting justice because ultimately that's what we want but I fear that if it continues this way it's going to be to a point where it's going to be one because it's only going to take one ladies and and supporters of the Me Too movement men, women it's only going to take one person to get caught in a lie and it will derail all the progress that the Me Too movement has made so I digress so, we'll see. Um, like I said, this was just me talking as the devil's advocate on this. I don't necessarily suggest that the Me Too movement is wrong. Not at all. I think it's great. I think that's what's needed. But I do think that we can do better. I do think that we can get the same outcome for these people that were alleged to do sexual assault without encroaching on their due process. That's all. I just feel that his, historically, as I was telling you about the Black Wall Street, due process without it is dangerous. Today is the Me Too movement. What other movement is going to move to Try to bypass due process. Try to take their issue to to the public courts. Of course, we all want these people that are guilty of these crimes to face justice. But it's important that we allow it to be done the right way. But we'll see. Anyway, going to be right back. So hold tight, people. We still got another part of our show to go. And I want to talk about something interesting about a actor I really liked, loved his movies. And I want to talk about recently what he was talking about, what he brought up about black folks and what he wants to do with black folks um, and what he was thinking about doing. This will surprise you if you didn't hear about this.
And y'all know this guy. You know what I mean? So we'll be right back after this brief message, people. Okay? Hold tight. Fire Black with Tommy D. We'll be right back. Back to the show. It's Fire Black with Tommy D. What's up, people? We're back. This is Tommy D, and you're listening to Fire Black Podcast. Listen, we was about to move on, you know, to talk about my uh, mystery movie star and, you know, what I thought about, you know, some of the statements this person made uh, in the past weeks. Um, but, you know, someone uh, was talking about my last segment and kind of mentioned to me, say, hey, you didn't mention R. Kelly. I'm like... Because I wasn't talking about pedophiles. I wasn't talking about baby rapers. I was talking about grown ass people. Men and women. You know. But. He, he, he's in a, he's in his own world. You know. You, you, you go like this. You go like the Me Too movement. Right. You know. Like in the, in the, in the list of. What people are doing what. You got the Me Too movement. Which is usually. Mainly adults, adult men, you know, women coming out of against adult men about some things they did, either doing work or in a professional or, or, you know, college, whatever the case is, usually is dealing with adults, right? Then you have the other priest and R. Kelly. You know, they got their own little section. Priest and R. Kelly. You know, uh, you know, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, I don't I don't totally believe it. Well, you're a fool, because if you was raised on R. Kelly, like most of us was, you know, um, back in the 90s and stuff like that, um, you know, you've been hearing whispers all the time. You know, you heard, you know, about the video, um, his his tape that came out that he beat that case, which was luck. You know, well, I don't say luck. I think it was just a well orchestrated payoff, you know, you know, for no one to admit that that was R. Kelly in that video with a young lady. Um, then you have, you know, uh, him coming out on stage, you know, with that interview uh, with Aaliyah, you know, all dressed alike. And, and he can't directly ask the question, are y'all dating? Are y'all man, if you're a grown ass man and that's a kid, you go like, no, no, this is, this is, this is my, you know, my star. I'm working with her. I'm hoping she develop into a good singer. You know, that's all I am. I'm her manager. I'm her mentor. That's all I am. That's easy, right? No, man. They was like sitting there looking at each other. He was like, <laughs> you know, <I>, no, <laughs> yo, straight up. If you act like you didn't know that R. Kelly was messing around, you know, just like I, I always say about um, uh, all of these uh, stars, right? You have almost every black artist, every R&B artist, many of the pop artists in, in our lifetime either had something produced by R. Kelly or worked with R. Kelly on his music. And they have a nerve 
to act like they are shocked and appalled. Like, oh my God, you know, I'm pulling the music I did with R. Kelly. And some of them just did some music with him in this past year. They sitting there going, I had no idea about R. Kelly. This is all, this is totally, oh, oh my God. I mean, I'm shocked. And I'm going to remove that music off of every record and everything. I, I just... I don't agree with what he does. Well, yeah, you agreed with that. You knew about it. Don't act like you didn't. You should have not worked with him in the first place because you can't convince anybody that you did not know. Now, about that surviving R. Kelly, that whole debacle, you know what I call surviving R. Kelly, that whole series? You know what that series is called to me? It should be, say, surviving R. Kelly. The stories of the co-defendants. Come on now. <laughs> Yo, straight up. All these people were admitting crimes. Like what? Y yes, they were admitting crimes. Because everything they were describing about R. Kelly, they were there and they didn't report crimes. These were minors. One guy talked about, I went down in the studio, right? And um. I just noticed that, you know, he's rubbing on some ass and I look up and it's like, you could tell she was very, very young. You know, I don't know, 13, 14, I don't know, you know, she was young. Um, so, you know, and I know he had some in the other rooms and stuff like that and it was young and, and I just shook my head and went, no, crime. You know what you call? You're, you're co-defendant. You, you allow a, a molester to sit there and, and you just turned around because he's like, you know what? He's, he's, he paid pretty good, so I'm just going to walk back upstairs. You had one girl sit there crying and, oh, he did this to me. Did, and and I, you was a minor at the time. Fine. Then you sit there and talk about that you introduced him to, yeah, it was your sister, cousin, whatever, a family member that was like 12 or 13. Y'all hear me? Y'all know, they already knew, this girl already knew, that he was messing around with young chicks. What do you do? You feed him one. you like, you know what, I'm going to hook up my family. I know he's going to mess around with her. So what do you call her? Co-defendant. Co-defendant. You know, that's what she are. His manager, one of his managers, during the time of Aaliyah. Sit there and say, well, you know, I I know she was only 15 or 15, 16, whatever she was. But I um, took the documents, forged them, and they, they got married. What? What? Are you admitting to fraud? Governmental fraud? Because that, that's a government document. You lied on it, and you allowed a pedophile to get married to this chick? Co-defended. That's what you are. That's what you are. I would be pissed on this case, on this particular case, that if he's standing in trial in front of people for for whatever crimes that was revealed during this series, and he's standing there alone, because there's no way in hell that this man should be standing there alone. He has so many people helping him, feeding him these young chicks crazy. Um, his, uh, he used to come by I'm born and raised in Lang City He used to come to Lang City High School And play ball and stuff like that 
I never knew during that time, you know, being younger, you know, you heard a couple of things, but you didn't know he was shopping around at high schools. Just think about all the high schools now that he's been at and then people going, damn, we just we just let this man in here. We didn't know he was like looking out for the kids. We thought he was just playing some ball or something like, you know, coming to the inner cities, helping out. No, he was shopping people. He was shopping and his and his um, bodyguards going up and handing you know phone numbers to some of these girls and stuff like that. Guess what y'all are? Co-defendants. That's what you are. That's what you are. Come on now. I'm being it is so crazy that we're sitting here talking about R. Kelly and only R. Kelly. He had a a mob ran um pedophile ring that all the people around him was giving him what he wanted so that they can keep the money in their pockets that they will make sure that he stays happy and he is flowing the money. He is making music and they're all making money. And that's all they did. They did not care what this dude was doing. It was like they just fed him children, you know, and, and now you're sitting there like, you know, I used to I used to love R. Kelly music. Now, you know, I'm sitting here now thinking, dang. <sighs> Seems like you're ready, girl. Are you ready to go all the way? Hey, I'm going. Dang. Now I want to throw up in my mouth. This this mofo is talking about some young chick. What? Can, can you imagine? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> can you imagine? Like if. If we lived in an alternate universe where you was allowed to just flaunt that you like young people, like, can you imagine in his videos, you know, always has some beautiful women in his in his videos, women in his videos. Well, you know what? Now, I, I can't even say that. Who knows? Who knows? I'm, I'm assuming these these look like women in his videos. Right. So now the new R. Kelly videos in his alternate universe. Seems like you ready. Then so all of a sudden this girl comes out. And you 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 thinking you the, the camera's panned up. You're like, oh, there's nothing there. All of a sudden the camera pans down to this little girl, maybe 12, 13. She got a little bottle in her mouth. He's like, girl, are you ready? Like, mm, girl, look at you. Mm, you got that nice bottle. Yo, that yo, you are dealing that nipple on that bottle. Straight up. Oh, girl, I see those pampers. Mm. What is that, Huggies? Girl, you are wearing those Huggies. You feeling them Huggies out. <clears throat> and then another girl comes in. She got a onesie on. Oh, girl. Damn, you got a pink onesie. And, yo, is that Barney on that onesie? Girl, mm, seems like you ready. And, you know, that, that, that would be his video. That's who he is. <laughs> this motherfucker is a pedophile. So, to answer your question why I didn't include this man into it is because he's a pedophile. We are not talking about pedophiles. The Me Too movement is basically talking about women that were abused by men. And these are women. You know, so, I mean, they can't expand to that, but this this cat, he's in his own little world. 
And he's in that world all by himself. I mean, because we could start talking about P and all the other crazy stuff that he's been doing, you know, locking up and, and doing some crazy stuff. I don't know what's up with that brother's head. But the fact is, this guy's a pedophile, but he, he couldn't have did all that he did alone. All those people that was in that show, sitting there crying and, and talking about their life and the abuse he did and everything else. My heart goes out to the ones that were physically actually abused by this man. But all those other ones that was around there, the managers and all these other women that was around him and knew about it. And you helped him get these women. Guess what you are? Cold offenders. <laughs> Yo, we'll be right back for my final thought and... Yeah, <laughs> this week has been crazy. Y'all are nuts talking about R. Kelly. I don't know what y'all. I'm all right. We'll be right back. Fire Black with Tommy D. We'll be right back. Back to the show. It's Fire Black with Tommy D. Yo, thank you for coming back. Man, I thought you left me. But anyway. <laughs> This is our final thought for this week. Thank you, people, for staying with us. I know this was a draining podcast, but hey, we need to talk about stuff, fun stuff. Um, so, my final thought. <clears throat> Let's start off like this, right? So, you said, you know, who are we going to be talking about? Who's going to be that person? Who is this mystery person he's been talking about the whole damn time? Okay. Here you go. I'm going to give you a big hint. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> Get my actor's voice. That sound all right for y'all? Okay. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have any money. But what I do have are very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my, my daughter go now, thou end it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. If you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. <laughs> yes, people. That was from Taken, Liam Neeson. Yes, y'all know the guy. You know the cat. Yeah, y'all know. So he's like, what does this have to do with the final thought? My final thought today is, if something bad happens to you, and it happens to all of us, um, let's say you was assaulted, raped, um, shot at, stabbed, robbed, you know, all these crimes. If you happen to connect the crime that happened to you with the race, not for identification purposes, of course, you need to identify who did this terrible crime against you. But if you feel that something happened to me and it was a black person, so I hate all black people. Like a young white boy with an AR-15 walks into a school and kills a lot of kids. I hate all white kids. They're all dangerous. Um, police officers come into a black neighborhood 
and treats all blacks the same because, my God, y'all must be all drug dealers and crackheads. You see where I'm going with that? So, Liam Neeson, you cannot back out of it and say that you're not racist for what you said. Oh, oh, folks, what? Stop it. You're not knowing what I'm talking about? What? You didn't hear what Leonisa said about his friend, a victim of rape, that happened to be a black man that raped her and what he wanted to do? No? You didn't hear that? Oh, you know what? <sighs> Great. You know why I love to know that you didn't hear this? I'm, I'm, I'm going to hook you up. I'm, I'm going to hook y'all up right now. You know why? Because y'all special. And we're going to play this clip in a few seconds. Because it's, it's strange that no one... You know, I hear a lot of people saying they, they did not hear this. What, what clip are you talking about? What happened to him? Who was it? What was going on? I don't know. Well, okay. I'm going to play this clip. I'm come back to you. And then you tell me what you think. Tell you a story. This is true. I'm not going to use any names, but I was away and I came back and she told me she had been raped, but she handled the situation of the rape in the most extraordinary way. But my immediate reaction was, I asked, did they, did she know who there was? No. What color were they? She said it was a black person. I went up and down areas with a cosh, hoping I'd be uh, approached by somebody. I'm ashamed to say that, and I did it for maybe a week, hoping some black bastard would come out of a pub and have a go at me about something, you know, so that I could kill him. Yeah, you heard that right. He wanted to kill them. Now, the black bastards he wanted to kill was not the ones that did the crime, right? He, he, he didn't say that. He wanted to kill any black bastard. Um, he just wanted to find somebody to kill. Now, mind you, I had two questions when I heard this. I'm like, one, what in the hell is a kosh? You know, I forgot he's kind of British. So, yeah, for you people that he's like, you want to grab a kosh. Okay, a kosh is a heavy piece of rubber or metal, which is used as a weapon. Yeah, so he wanted to take a piece of metal and beat a black, quote unquote, bastard to death. He wanted to kill him. Um, now, here's two. Th the second thing I was thinking about this. Uh, he said he did this about a week. If if you know, I played out. He, he walked around for about a week, y'all. He said, with his little kosh, looking for a black. Per now, here's two things I thought. This guy really, really got into the role of his movies. Um, he really thought that I'm gonna find somebody and 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 I'm gonna you know kill you. Um, but I think during that week he started thinking about that because. You know, the last time I checked in the United Kingdom, there, there's about 1.8 million people in New in England alone, about 1.9 million in all of UK. 
you know, Scott, Scotland had about 38,000, you know, Wales have about 18,000. Um, like I said, England has about 1.8 million blacks. And they walk around, he couldn't find one. This mofo couldn't find one. I think his better angels got to him. It's like, you know what? I, I do sound tough on these movies, but if I actually come up on a, a black guy with a kosh, and I'm going to tell him I'm going to kill him because a friend of mine said that um, a black guy raped her. And, and I just want to take it out on you. That would be the last Liam Neeson movie we ever saw. They'd be like, Liam Neeson was brutally killed in the streets of the UK. <laughs> yo, if you want to find a black person, yo, come to Camden, New Jersey. Uh, come to Atlantic City, New Jersey. Go to Bronx, New York. Um, you you can find all the blacks you want there. They'll welcome you. <laughs> come on down. You want to kill somebody with your cosh? Let's do this. So, my issue, if I thought this about this, is you can't then turn around and say, I'm not racist. Because, Leonison, that is racist. Terrible what happened to your friend. Awful for someone to take advantage of her like that and being raped. But it just so happens that the assailant happened to be black. That's all. That's where the comparison ends, brother. You don't blame everybody. You don't blame every black for the crime of somebody because that person happened to be a certain color, certain race, wearing a certain T-shirt. Had a certain hat on. When you start doing that. You cannot try to escape the fact that. That was not inherently racist. I didn't rape her. Are you going to come and get me with a kosh? I don't know the chick. Just like the person you probably would have found and killed. Or, or tried to attempt to kill. That person didn't do it. So you was going to actually do a murder on somebody based on the color of their skin alone. How is that not racist? Could you imagine if we operate like that? Like the KKK? They will sit there and a woman will come to them, white woman, and say that a particular person did a sexual assault on them, happened to be a black person. Just like the Black Wall Street, like I told you earlier in this podcast, they didn't stop at one person. Or the possible person that did it. No. The Black Wall Street, they, they devoured 35 blocks of property, killed hundreds, 10,000 or more homeless. KKK wouldn't stop at just one person that they thought did a crime against a white person, which most of the time it was false. No, they would kill that person and everyone that's around him. So Liam Neeson, I ask you. To probably come out and apologize for your racist comment. Because that's what it was. I don't want you coming out and saying that, no, I'm not racist. Even though what I said it was inherently racist. That's what you should do. You want to be a tough guy? With your kosh, come out. And say that I was wrong. That was a racist comment. Um, because of the crime that was committed against my friend. Was a black person? Absolutely does not mean anything. 
other than that he was a black person that did it. It don't mean all black people was in there in her room or wherever it happened at. No, it just means that he, that particular black person was there. And he is the particular black person that did it. No one else. No other black person. Anywhere. And you have no right to even suggest taking someone's life. Would you have said that if she said it was a white guy? Would you got your kosh? That's the real question. Would you got that same kosh and walked out for a week? Because, one, I don't know how you would walk out for a week and try to find a, a white person. They're all over. But would you did the same thing? You need to ask yourself that honestly. I'm going to tell you the answer. No. If she said it was a white person, you'd be like, oh, we need to talk to the police officers. We need to find out what's going on. That's all you would have said. But for some reason, when she said it was a black person, you wanted to kill a black person. Interesting. Let that sink in. I like his movies. He's a play good movies, action movies. I think it went to his head. You know, um, I remember years ago, back in the day, they said um, uh, the greatest story ever told. The guy that played Jesus. They said that guy eventually went crazy. I don't know how true it is. Um, you know, you hear all these crazy stuff. But some people let these movies, you know, especially when you play a role over and over and over again, go to your head. And I think that went to his head. I really do think that he thought that he can grab his little kosh and that he was a tough guy. I mean, he really... I, I Really? You was actually going to go and find somebody that tried to kill them in the street? What was you going to say? How did that make even sense? You sound crazy on that thing. That you was just going to grab a piece of metal, plastic, whatever the hell it is, and go kill somebody. Man, you... <laughs> you was about to be taking yourself. You was about to be taking a dirt nap. <laughs> about to go out and try to hurt somebody yo go back in your house hug your friend and say it'll be okay that's what you need to do and 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 don't blame all black folks for something that this crazy nut did because it had nothing to do with anybody else we would have never did that there's only white people that think that as soon as some black person did something oh he robbed me i hate all black people oh he did this to me and it happened to be black. oh i hate all black people no one else does that. Say white people. I need to calm down. Each person has his own mind, personality, and spirit. Treat everyone like an individual. You know how much better our world would be if we treat each and every person like an individual? Hmm. Who knows? Anyway, folks. I am tired of talking to you. I need a lodging. I need a breath mitt. My breath is hot. I need a tic-tac. Anyone got a tic-tac? I need one of those. I need some Jack Daniels. Well, oh, did I say that loud? No, I don't. I, I'm get some water. That's what I meant. I'm get some water. Water with lemon. And, you know, just gargle a little bit. Drink some water. Revive myself. Because I want to be back next week to you. You know... I will 
actually be on Instagram and Twitter. I'm going to be talking about things. So be on the lookout for that stuff. Because it, it kind of gives you clues about what I'm going to be talking about the following week. I'm not going to be telling you no more on this. Because I want you to be on my Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook accounts. What? Oh, you didn't get that? Okay. Twitter at FireBlackPodCA1. That is, Twitter is at FireBlack, B-O-A-C-K-P-O-D-C-A-1. And for Facebook and Instagram, easy. FireBlack Podcast. Cast, cast. Was that good? No. All right. Anyway, also, you can go directly to the website. At fireblackpodcast.com. That's fireblackpodcast.com. No? I try to do that, you know, that crazy voice stuff. Like, you know how them guys be selling cars? Like, no, buy today, today. But anyway, also, check us out on iTunes, the podcast app. And subscribe to us. Don't just look at it. Subscribe. Rate us. Subscribe. Show us some love. You know what we're talking about? Brother trying to make some bread, people. Let's do this. Right? Right? Okay. Um, hey, yeah, that's about it. So I'll catch y'all next week. Don't be late. I'm here. And make sure you check out, like I said, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you will always see some clues about what we're going to be talking about next week. All right? Peace out. Out of here. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Fire Black with Tommy D. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit fireblackpodcast.com on Twitter at Tommy D. Light Photo and on Facebook.com slash Tommy D. Light Photo. We'll catch you next time.